This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geek show number 477, recorded on January 28th, 2021. Here on Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find their way into your home. News reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Carlson, broadcasting live from the AverageGuy.tv studios. Here, Mike, are you done digging out? Have yeah. You, we got a foot of snow. I, um, I was out there. I don't know how many times I snowblowed that one day where it just kept dumping snow. Yeah. And then even the next morning, we just had enough that you had to get out there again with the shovel and scoop it all out. Yeah, it was a lot of snow. Kids were home with me uh, Monday and Tuesday while I was working while on snow days. It's been it's been a week, I tell you. Yeah. Well, I think that's probably the most snow we've seen in a while. Um, that wasn't that uncommon when I moved to Nebraska 30 years ago. But, you know, thank God for global warming and mm-hmm. It has just really, I mean, Nebraska over the last five or six, seven years has been pretty, pretty reasonable. I used to get 40 or 50 inches a year, and I think we're down to like a foot. Now, we got a foot Monday, so mm-hmm. we're, we're well ahead of schedule for, for the snow. But um, it was good to get out. I, man, my neighbors are great. They, I don't know about yours, but mine, at, you know, by 9 o'clock, everybody was out with the snowblowers helping each other out. So Yep, that's the way our circle is as well. Yeah, pretty pretty nice, and um, it looked pretty for a while, you know, and then we got a little snow on top of it, which made it even pretty, because, you know, you blow all that snow over, and then it kind of looks crappy, and then we got a little snow on top of it to make it to make it look nice. Of course, we'll, um, we won't blow it with the show notes. Ah, there you go. Which you'll post out at TheAverageGuy.tv. This would be uh, HGG477. Um, Mike, interesting week. We're talking about, oh, before we do that, let's just say this big, big thanks to our Patreon subscribers out there. <laughs> Brian, I know I told you last week, I'll mention you because I know I told you last week I'd get your name in the list and then I didn't. So, so, uh, in the show, Brian F who's out there uh, in chat, we'll get that updated here. Uh, I'll do it as Mike is talking <laughs> tonight, but big thanks to our Patreon subscribers. Um, Dwayne, who's uh, one as well, is coming on the show here in a couple weeks. And so appreciate what you guys do. Thanks for supporting the show. Um, Mike, this week, a really interesting, uh, you know, we, we've talked crypto. We haven't talked crypto prices in a while. And, uh, you know, we, we have in the sense that I, I, I kind of mentioned I took advantage of the run-up, took some out. It was a pretty good decision. You know, you never know. You never know how it's going to go. Good, good time. And then, of course, uh, this week. Oh, by the way, Dave Jackson from School Podcasting uh, was talking to me on Saturday. He said, hey, how do I get into this? Like, if I wanted to just dabble in crypto, right, whatever, because everybody's talking about it. I said, well, I think the best way is Coinbase. And that's that's what I use. Do you have a, Mike, do you have a Coinbase account? You, you uh, I do. Yeah. yeah I no. mean, essentially, if you want to get from fiat to crypto, you need to, you're going to use yeah. Coinbase. You're going to use it. Uh, PayPal is doing it, but I don't, they just started doing it. Oh, six months ago. And everybody's opinion on PayPal is kind of weird. Right. Um, I've really liked Coinbase. If you head out to the average guy.tv slash Coinbase, C O I N B A S E, uh, 10 bucks for you, 10 bucks for me, which is super cool. And then lately, Mike, they've been offering you watch these little cheesy videos and answer a few questions. And you'll get, you'll make, you know, I think I made uh, $3 on one and $6 on another. And 
it's what's okay. It's not a lot, but what's great about it is you can leave it in that crypto. Cause listen, you don't want to invest in things you don't understand. Let's, let's start out with that. If you don't understand this stuff, you shouldn't be investing really mo real money into it. But, but uh, what I feel for a lot of people, if they want to, cause they need something, they need something in it to kind of make it worth worthwhile. Well, you can make uh, up to 50 bucks in Coinbase watching these videos, answering, they're super cheesy, answering these, these questions. And then you get, a, you know, like I said, three, six, maybe $10 in that particular crypto. On Coinbase, trading between most cryptocurrencies is free. So you wouldn't lose money on fees there. Give you an opportunity to kind of mess with it. So check that out, theaverageguy.tv slash Coinbase. Uh, and again, you get 10, I get 10. It's not, it's not a bad, a bad way to jump in and you can get it done. And Dave took advantage of that and sent me a note. And, uh, and I said, thanks for doing that. So if you're interested in getting it done, um, Mike, it's been an interesting week because of course that big run up in, in Bitcoin, Ethereum has really been keeping up. So I think if you're not, if you're watching Bitcoin, that's awesome. You might want to watch its little brother, Ethereum, because Ethereum actually pulled ahead a little bit. And then crypto is backed off. There's been some rumors, and that's really all they are. There's been some double spend rumors that have been going out. This is a, uh, a, a something that was talked about in the early days of Bitcoin. Uh, I, I don't, Mike. I don't know. You, you look into it a little bit. I don't. I think that's. It's just rumors. Maybe it's just pump and dump techniques, right? Well, yeah, it could be. So, so there's truth, and then there's there's exaggeration of the truth. And essentially, uh, when I was looking into this for the show, so so you guys know because we've talked about it, the the blockchain when it was invented was intended to fix the double spend problem of assets online, right? If you think about um, when I send a PowerPoint presentation to Jim via email, that's a copy, right? I'm sending copies of things, and there's really no way to authenticate that you have the original version. Well, blockchain, through the way it's designed, was intended to fix that. So there's this big news article that breaks that there was a double spend on the blockchain for Bitcoin, and that you know that story was massive. Well, if you don't really understand the background of how things work, you might have thought that was a really big issue. But essentially, all that happens, and this happens quite often on the blockchain, is there can be the same transaction in like the same block or two different blocks. But the reason that we have six confirmations, so for example, if you send some Bitcoin or receive some Bitcoin, um, you'll notice that typically each provider is different, but they'll require a certain amount of block confirmations before they consider that transaction to be valid. So I did it and my transaction shows up in block number one. Six blocks later, they say, okay, if it has survived those six blocks, we're going to consider that a valid transaction. Well, so someone saw on the blockchain that there was one transaction that showed up twice. And the reason this happened was when they did the transaction, they actually chose to do it with the smallest fee possible. Well, when you do that, sometimes it can take a very long time for the miners to pick up that transaction and to put it into a block. And so they try to do a, and, and this is kind of a, a concept that's a little bit more complex, but a replace by fee transaction. And essentially that's where you're starting to say, okay, this is going way too slow. Let me just replace that with a higher fee. Well, they ended up both hitting the block. Well, what happens is at that point, sometimes there can be a split. 
And the split can go on for a few blocks until a certain history wins out amongst the miners. So these two splits, think of it as a, as a, as a fork, essentially, for a little bit of the blockchain where these two run for a little bit until the miners all decide which block they want. And it'll invalidate one of those transactions and it'll continue on. So, you know, yes, it does happen. And technically there was a quote, you know, double transaction, but there was not a double spend. That same Bitcoin was not spent in the end. Um, now, for about a few blocks there, technically, if you were to look at it, it would have. But that's why everyone talks about it. it's really important to look at a six block at least confirmation, if not longer. Um, so, so there's a lot of kind of information out there. You can go and, and Google it. There's a lot of good articles out there, but go to a place that knows about how blockchains work and not just like the big news outlets because they have no idea how blockchains work. So it's important to understand the dynamics of this before you get freaked out. And Jim, you might have a good point. Who knows if this was a little uh, uh, pump and dump scenario, someone trying to get news out there to freak everyone out and sell a little bit when you found a massive flaw. Because if honestly there was a double spend, I mean, the whole idea around blockchain would be debunked, right? Like, cause that is the exact thing it was intended to prevent. Uh, but yeah, an interesting story nonetheless. Well, it pulled, it pulled Bitcoin down from the 38, 40 range down into the thirties again. So 30, yep. 31, 32, it's recovered back to about 33 as we're speaking right now. Um, by the way, we're not financial advisors. This is not financial advice. This is, you know, do not, do not um, invest in things you don't understand. Um, but it was interesting because in light of what's going on, this craziness with Reddit and GameStop, um, as I was reading up on this, the tactics that's going on. So, again, this may be one you need to read up on. It's really popular in the news right now where uh, individuals have gotten together to create a tactic to go after larger investment firms who are own this. And then they're doing things as if they're a gigantic entity. <laughs> And causing like they're doing it in concert, um, and and the the big the big institutional investors are all pissed because they're like, you should be able to do this. Well, they learned to do it with Bitcoin. <laughs> like this is a tactic that has been going on in in Bitcoin trading, and I say Bitcoin, I mean in the general sense of cryptocurrency. So let me use that term instead. In the general sense of cryptocurrency, Mike, this is a thing that's been going on for the longest time. You you referred to it as the pump and dump. Right. And and that's the simple phrase that we would use where people would get together, hype it up, and they in concert would go, they would start buying, and of course that would raise the price and then then get the hype going and people would buy in and then in a coordinated effort, they would all drop out at the same time. They would literally all sell at the same time. Now, it took discipline because in those groups you couldn't break from the herd. Otherwise you you would like it it depended on everyone working together, I think, in this GameStop scenario i think it's kind of the same way right have you done have you looked at that i have and it's funny because the intentions here were were almost even a little bit different so there was the pump but like really the dump part of this when you think of a dump in in crypto you're dumping you know you're you're pumping up the numbers and then you're selling at the high and and then it's going to drop in price right? Right, right so with this story though it's hilarious because and so the um Wall Street Bets is a subreddit, essentially, and they have it's a subreddit that's just filled with guys making like crazy bets on stocks. I mean, like life changing all their life savings money into one stock betting on it. And everyone's talking about whether it flops or it goes and and they use all sorts of options and derivatives and things like that. 
Well, it was um, essentially the Wall Street bets and all the people there found out that uh, one hedge fund had really shorted GameStop and that there were a few of them actually that had. And, you know, it, it kind of looks like to me, you know, you don't, I don't know all the details here, but really what their intent was here is, you know, let's stick it to the man, right? All these Wall Street guys kind of <laughs> run the show. They have a short. And so they started just buying in droves GameStop stock, which everyone knows. I mean, GameStop is like fledgling. It's like Blockbuster, mm. right? Like it's, it's not a great business model right now. But all of a sudden, the stock goes from $25 last week up to, I think it hit a max of like 400 And right now it's at about $190. Um, and well, so the hedge funds are losing their shorts because they have a short in this and expecting, which is short in stocks, if you don't know, is expecting it to go down. So they have an agreement to buy it later. Right. And now right. the stock has skyrocketed and uh, and it's all these people. So their dump wasn't necessarily to make money. Now, I'm sure right. they, they're, they're all going to make money. No, their dump was to stick it to Wall Street. And it is hilarious when you get all these people that Robinhood, actually, the trading app right. blocked trading on uh, AMC and GameStop, two stocks that these that the community was doing this around, um, which has caused actually a lot of controversy. I think a lot of the details on how and why they did that are going to come out over the next you know coming days, and it's going to be interesting. But uh, just just what a fun. You know, I've seen, and the memes around this are the best. Like there was one, like, "Hey guys, we got to remember that a lot of real people were hurt in this whole thing, and those all those people own multiple boats." Like, you know, like you're all the Wall Street bigwigs are just getting hammered here, and it's it's funny to watch. And I, I think your reaction was was totally right. Like Wall Street was freaking out. Number one, yeah, Bitcoin, they learned to do it from there. But they also have watched you guys do it. And now they just have the technology to also do it themselves, right? right? This is easy enough that you can get the average investors all around the world to do whatever you want. Uh, but there's all this talk about, is it market manipulation? And were the big drivers in all of this manipulating the market? And I, I, I just think it's, it's, it's entertaining, at least, to watch. Oh, like they're not doing market ma manipulation? It's been the story. Like, exactly. It's right. just uh, they don't have, you know, they don't have the, uh, the, the power at this point. And it, it's in this sense, like, again, you have to put these groups of people and money together to be able to do things like this. And it's kind of a, I mean, it's kind of an amazing thing. They could even get it done. And they, they did. Uh, Ryan Kirstner in the chat room said, uh, uh, right now, 311. Uh, oh, is it really? <laughs> well, I mean, these things catch fire. This is, and this won't be the last time now that people have seen how this happens, it's just going to go farther underground. So, you know, when this was happening in crypto, um, there was all kinds of, I mean, Discord was actually a big, was actually a, a center for a lot of this activity that people yeah. put these Discord groups together. And then, you know, they, it, was a, it was a coordinated, I don't want to say attack, but it was an coordinated effort, right, to get these kinds of things done. So Wall Street, welcome to the to the <laughs> land of crypto trading, <laughs> because you just got pwned on that one. Like, oh, yikes. And this won't be the, this, not the first, maybe the first really uh, famous one. Probably won't be the last. I think we'll see on that. But of course, all that technology going into it, kind of super interesting. So um, again, we're not, <laughs> not financial advisors. This is not advice to go buy. Don't go buy date game stock. All right. So uh, let, let's let that um, be that. Mike, I got a uh, notice today. I got an email from Apple and they said, hey, good news. Your Mac's going to arrive on the 5th. 
and it had been the 12th, right? All we right, a whole week early. There we go. You know, pretty great, right? I mean, yeah. what a, over, uh, uh, under promise and over deliver. That's pretty right. great. So we'll have it on. Is the that show. next Thursday or Friday? Will we have it for the show? Oh, that's a good question. Let's take a peek at that. Today is the 28th. Uh, no, it'll be Friday after the show. So we'll I have it. That. We will have it in time for when Aaron Lawrence is on. So it'll be great. Perfect. Um, one of the things, you know, my picture has been jittery. And I thought really, um, and most people didn't notice it. We did. We've we've seen it kind of jitter from time to time right before the show was jittering on the bottom. Kind of driving me nuts. I had an extra C920 that I uh, used for work. So I swapped them tonight and caused all kinds of problems, including a blue screen on the studio PC and some other things. And I'm like, oh, maybe this thing hurt us last week and is like striking. Is there a chance that the, there, maybe AI is built in and, and it knows? It's going to replace me and watch. He still has a he still has a week to wait. I'm going to start just freaking out on him during this week. It's going to make my life hell. So uh, swapped cameras, still having the shaking camera issue. So I, I, it, it's like, oh, maybe this is a good, this is coming at a really good time because uh, I think we're seeing the end. But. Okay, that being said, the studio PC is still going to be here. Mike, you know, I don't sell anything. I hold on to everything I have. And it's right. going to, the, the studio PC is going to get moved down to something. So I kind of asked you the this question this week is like, okay, in my environment, you know, I've got a Drobo. So we're not going to do anything there. By the way, can I use Drobo as a time machine location? Can is I, it direct can I, attached? It's, uh, it's a NAS. Oh, it's NAS. Um, depends on if it has options. A lot of those, like Synology, um, I'm I'm guessing Drobo, they have a setting in there to make that network attached share, whatever it is, um, a time machine share. It has to be formatted in a certain way that Apple recognizes it. Okay, I have to look in. Uh, yeah, I have to look into that because my my other option, Ed reminded me on Sunday when I was lighting candles with him. He said, um, "Well, make sure you do time machine right away." Like, make sure you get that set up. and It is nice. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I'm a backup guy. And I thought, you know, maybe the Drobo can do that. So I'll, I'll look into that um, uh, this week. But so un- I have an Unraid box. It's a Core i3-530. So pretty low power, pretty old, right? That's a, that's a pretty old computer. Um, the Media Center box, which what I call it that, it's really not that anymore. But I used to run Plex and some of those kinds of things on it. That's a 540. So again, same kind of generation. Those are both first generation Core i3 chips. Still cranking away, dude. Wow. Still cranking away. They like I said, I get every ounce of value out of everything. The Studio PC is a it's got it's a Core i7 4770, so a pretty nice chip in its day. It's got um 16 gig of RAM on it, but I can upgrade it to 32, which I'm thinking to do it for 60 bucks. I could put 32 gig in there. Uh, just two two more chips. I actually found the exact model of the chips that I bought so they would all match. Um uh what you know, should I migrate my Unraid box over? Should it, it's not particularly like it's in one of those LAN cases that doesn't have a lot of drive space. I mean, it's a big old box, but it wasn't necessarily built. It was kind of built to house big old GPUs and right, not hard drives, right? So I got this extra PC, Mike. Give me some advice. What would you do with the, with some of the extra equipment? Chat room, I'm looking for your advice as well. What should I do with this thing? What, or what could I do with this thing? Yeah. So what I would do personally is I would take 
Well, and so you already have a pretty rock solid router, but I'm going to kind of start from the other yeah. machine actually. Yeah. So I would actually take one of those Core i3 first gen i3s and I would throw that and make it a PF Sense box. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually use an i3 box for my PF Sense. Now, the only thing about it is power draw um, is a little bit high because it doesn't use much CPU, but even idle, those are a little bit higher than you would want from something like a router. So there's a little bit of a trade off there, but I think it's worth it. Um, so I would utilize one of those old i3s because I think you would end up. If you move your Unraid box, which I, I'm going to go, I think you should do, uh, that would free up an i3 machine, right? So that mm-hmm. could be an option for someone to do with that yeah. i3 machine yeah. if you wanted to. Yeah. Um, for Unraid, I think it all depends on what kind of dockers you want to run on there. You know, for me, really the only CPU intensive thing I run is Plex. And since you're not running that, you're running channels. It's like, hmm, is it worth it? Is there something cooler than Unraid? But what here's what I'm thinking is I think you should actually make that an unraid box so take the studio to pc make it unraid but run a windows vm that utilizes most of those cores and keep a gpu in there passed through to that vm then you can run that thing just like it is now except for it has all of the extra features of an unraid box i think you know i've seen a lot of people do that um and it works really well i've actually been thinking about you know if if i didn't game as much as i did and i still could game through a vm but if i didn't game as much i would totally make my daily driver machine um just an unraid with a windows vm on top of it and then that way you still get all the other docker and access to all the drives and it works really well um that i don't know that to me sounds like it'd be a cool option especially because it doesn't have to be your daily driver but, you know, if you need to plot something real quick, you've got a VM right there still with, you know, your GPU, um, all your plotting stuff works. If you do any mining, uh, you, would, you, would, you wouldn't lose anything that you have now. You would only gain stuff mm-hmm. um, as, as part of the extra Unraid features. I don't know. What do you think? Would you recommend that I jump from 16 to 32 gig RAM? A $60 investment. Is yeah. that a smart, smart way to go? Uh, yeah. If you're doing the, if you're doing a VM, yeah. 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 Let's, okay. I love your idea of run unraid at the bottom and then have a, in, in, I don't not, I don't just have to have one windows instance. I could run several with 32 gig of Ram. I mean, I could run a couple of VMs on that thing if I needed to, for various purposes. In other words, if I wanted to use the GPU, I could have it set up where it, the GPU passes through. I could have just a kind of a small version of Windows if I wanted to run something light on there from time to time, right? There's some things I could, right? There's some things I could do with yeah. that just to set up some, um, I could uh, allocate the just the right amount of memory or the right amount of uh, hard drive space to each one kind of based on their usage uh, to make sure I'm not overbuying or, or under underserving a, a particular box, right? Um, the, the one drawback to that is, is it just doesn't have a lot of hard drive space. Like, I do have in, in today's box, you know, I bought that IC dock uh, three bay in a two in a two bay slot, right? That's in there. So I've got three in there. I've got a spot in the in the in the box where I could do this. Um, or I've got one of those big tall uh, cooler master cases that the current core i3 is in. Do I swap them? Is that yeah. one of these right? Is that one of these things? Because I've got three three bay plus a two bay on the top like it's got a lot of slots in there to put to put things in do i do do i use this time to make the swap use that cooler master for definitely uh, i say you take whatever you're gonna put into unraid so take studio pc guts 
and put that in whatever your biggest case is hard drive wise, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Whichever one can hold the most. But yeah. on, on the VM side, it would make a lot of sense for you to, because especially on 32 gigs, you know, I uh, I run 16 gigs on my Unraid, um, but that's because the only VM I run is Home Assistant, and that only needs two gigs. But I I rarely run over 60, 75 percent on my RAM on that machine. Um, but I'm running a lot of Dockers. But yeah, I think that'd be really cool. You could start playing around with things, especially with the more processing power speed wise you could start getting into you know next cloud if you want to mess around with it bitwarden um some of those other dockers for for self-hosting some of your own stuff yeah and then just remote in to the yeah. windows instances that i'm that i'm going to use there make it very well, utilitarian right yeah well that's a good point i forget that you're probably going to be remoting in because you're going to run everything from your iMac. But Correct. if you pass a GPU through, you can re- plug a monitor into that, have a keyboard mouse also passed through, and you could run that literally Unraid box as a full, almost bare metal experience, right? Because if you pass through a GPU, you'll have the output. You can plug in a mouse and keyboard via USB. Um, or mm-hmm. alternatively, you still use the GPU for a screen, so it's not it's more responsive. And then you could do mouse without borders again, or um, I forget the name of the version we're going to be using now for you because you have a Mac involved. Uh, Synergy, I think is the name of the app. We could okay. use Synergy. Okay. And then you could still use your one keyboard mouse. There's a lot of options here. Yeah. But I would actually, I would start with just one Windows VM and give it a bunch of space okay. and see if that, because, you know, unless you have a reason to have different Windows 10 instances running, you could probably run them all, everything you would need to run in Windows, just run it in one main Windows VM. And let yeah. that go. Yeah. No, I'm thinking, I was just thinking options. You know, uh, it, say I wanted to run, I've got a bunch of low power boxes. So I have a AMD, uh, it's a, I think it's a 6300 chip. So it's a, it's a really low power chip and it's sitting in a shuttle case that was actually an old PFSense router to begin with. And I think, I think I'm going to bring it back. Like, nice. It was a great little PFSense box. It's currently serving as a, backup for my iosafe drive so it really just is the host for the iosafe drive it's a box i didn't touch very much before i started doing this chia mining um stuff but um uh it would it would that would make a nice p of sense because i kind of want to get back to that, that line i am kind of considering mike you know i've got these two core i3s a 540 and a 530 and i am kind of thinking you know, I, I, I did, I did sell some items this week on eBay. Like I got rid of some things. It's a miracle. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about selling them. Uh, well, maybe I throw them on there, just get rid of them. It's right now it's easier than recycling, but I, I am thinking about downsizing and taking some, you know, I have like seven PCs going down here in various configurations. Right. And you're like, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I need them all. You know, I could probably, I could probably do with a few less. So, Moving some of those downstream into, you know, onto, onto this, this Unraid box and, uh, and taking advantage. Certainly, I think I have a 512, maybe 256, but I, th- I right now I'm running a 120 uh, gig um, cache drive in my current. Well, if I take the, P- if I take the studio PC, that's going to get a bigger, um, that's going to get a bigger cache drive. Can I do two cache drives? Could I put Can. both of them? And you can even do, if you really want to make this drop dead simple, you can just, because you run this on an SSD, right? Currently the studio PC, Windows installed on an SSD. Yes. You can just pop that out, throw it in Unraid, not make it part of the array or the cache. There's a plugin called Unassigned Devices. Yeah. And you could just literally boot the VM from that and you would 
you would never have to reinstall. It'll just pop right up just like you're running now. There's a few settings you have to change, but it's literally just taking that SD card out, SD, putting it in there and and telling the VM in Unraid to boot from that drive. Pretty simple. Yeah. Although this <laughs> this image is a couple years old. Kind of want to just nuke it and I start over. Do, yeah. Probably I'm, a better idea. Yeah. yeah. I'm kind of a guy that I don't customize anything. So, you know, it's the data that I store somewhere else. And then I just blow it away, start over, basically reinstall some apps and kind of move on from there. So, okay. Well, that's, no, that's, uh, that's kind of a nice option. That would, that means I could, you know, move uh, my home assistant uh, piece over there. It's going to be on a pretty nice, uh, you know, instead of having just four cores to manage, I'll have eight. Uh, I have a plenty. I have plenty of memory in that thing. It could it could grow and expand. Nice little chip that's in there. It's not the overclocked version, but it's fine. That's a good board. Move it into a better case, kind of suited for it. That kind of right. you know, that like, almost like a new build in some yeah. in some regards, right? Yeah, you know, kind of going in. I do have a uh, seven fifty or eight fifty modular power supply that's actually I'm using as a monitor stand at the moment. It's brand new, still in the box. It's the plastic still around it. I bought it a year ago for, it was a Woot deal, you know, they were basically mm-hmm. giving them away. It also gave me a chance maybe to upgrade those power supplies are older. And so it gave me a chance to upgrade the power supply too. Yeah, uh, not a bad idea right now. Yeah. yeah. I think it'll run, you I mean, Unraid perfectly. I'm still, you know, we had a question on our Facebook group actually about, you know, if building an Unraid box, kind of what would you put in it? And we were talking about, you know, consumer versus enterprise gear. And, you know, for all the things we talk about, like power consumption, you know, some of these older things are perfect for something like Unraid, right? Like an i7-3770 like I run is perfect for what I need. Um, now, I, I, I would benefit from a newer Intel chip just because of the new version of QuickSync. Um, the updated quick sync would do a lot better for Plex rendering. And that's really the only reason I'm thinking about uh, upgrading Unraid in the future at some point is to get quick sync in there. Um, you know, if I get my 1060 back, I, my, my brother-in-law is borrowing that now. So I'll get that probably back in the year, whenever, whenever 30 series cards come back in stock. And, and so then I have a full GPU dedicated to Plex, but that is still a power hog for something like Plex. So there's a lot of things to consider here, but this type of hardware that you're talking about is kind of repurposing I think it's some of the best ways to get started with Unraid. Number one, you already have it, so it's free. Um, you may need to upgrade RAM like you're doing, but if not, like run it and, and see how it works for you. Yeah. Yeah. The most expensive part of any Unraid build are the hard drives. Like we all know that, right? Like building up a lot of hard drive space is expensive. Well, in uh, well, sort of. Um, uh, the you know one of the one, uh, one of the deals I found. You know, I bought this Drobo on eBay that had drives in it. And I kept the drives and resold the drove over the same, a little bit more than I paid for it. I pulled a Uyghur. And, um, so proud of you. That, that's, oh, <laughs> dude, you've taught me well. You've taught me well. So now that's kind of what I'm looking for. I'm going to Synology and Drobo and some of the, and QNAP. And I'm looking for folks who are selling their NAS drives with drives in it that have three or four terabyte drives. You know, everybody's kind of enamored by the eight and 10 drive, 10, 10 terabytes that are out right now. But, if I get, if you can get those for a big, for a good price and then just turn around and resell the device, I don't necessarily need those. Uh, listen, I did it once. I mean, it's not like I'm going to make a living out of this or, or that I can do it a lot anyway, but it was kind of fun uh, while it happened. Um, 
Mike, one of the things that's interesting, though, okay, so as I was doing some research on all my boxes here, thinking like, okay, what do I have in them? You know, I've got this Dell uh, Optiplex 990. That's mm. probably a 2012 box. It's a Core i7. Um, it's got a nice CPU in it, but but it's still th- the three gig. You know, the 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 SATA connections are still three gig connections. It's not yeah. six, right? And then I I was like, oh. Which the majority of my Unraid ports are actually that same way. Yeah, you know, yeah. and I was like, um, I was looking at the five, the five thirty that's running Unraid, and I was or five forty, and I said, mm, that that's an older box. Yep, those are three gig. And then I was like, oh, I wonder if my media center that's got eight gig of RAM in it. It's kind of runs the. It's actually running the audio for this podcast right now. Um. Which and it does a great job. It's one of my it was one of my early, 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 early builds that I did um, way back in the day. Three gig, and I'm like, crap! I didn't realize I was throwing all these drives in there and 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 maybe hampered. Do you think Unraid? I mean, I don't have the greatest speed on Unraid, and Unraid is not the speediest thing in the world to begin with. Do you think I'm hampered by? Will I see much of an improvement of moving on to a motherboard that's has six gig throughput for the for SATA. Do you have? Does the board have at least one six gig? The one you're working with? Uh, no. Well, okay. The one, the media center one, or I mean, the, yeah, the like studio? my board I'm using has two six gig ports, and all the oh, rest are three. No, so they're all, they're all three. I think you're going to notice that on your SSD cache drive for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one thing you could do is you could get a PCIe exp- SATA expansion slot that yeah. has the six gigabit. SATA. And I think that would be an easy way. I don't notice it on my um, array, right? Because my array of spinning rust that I don't, I honestly don't care how fast that goes. It's fast enough to read Plex files off of. Um, But as far as all the other items, most of my stuff is on the cache, all my apps. So all my dockers are running off a cache and SSD, uh, which is on a six gig port. So for, for the other ones, it's, it's, it's not terrible. I think you would notice a difference if you stepped up, but I think you're not going to be like, oh, this sucks if you went with the three gigabit ports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or or what I have today. I mean, I right. they are noticeably slower. You know, we we tell people, and I and it's a show. I try to be the average guy, right? I I, I try not to. You know, one is expensive to have all the newest, latest, and greatest stuff, right? But I've I've tried to make do with. I have a lot of it, but I've tried to make do with what I have. Stretch things out as far as I can. Um. Moving on to the studio PC, consolidating, so to speak, um, would allow me to um, uh, to do that. I could even maybe because I need to. I have to remember to to do what I do, where we send the stream out to a Spreaker because that's where it's live on Spreaker right now. I don't know if anybody listens there anymore, but I need a. I have a special hardware jack that I use that to make that kind of to make that thing happen. If I did move, if I did take, you know, take that down and stop using it for that, I would need to find a way to replace that process. So I'd have to either virtually or physically find a way to make sure I can take this down. And I could do it with, uh, oh, audio hijack. That's not the right, that's not the right name. There's, there's another term, but I don't like doing software sound things because they just, they let you down. They crash. They stop working you forget to turn them on since i've had this hardy it's really literally a hardware jumper it just comes out of the speaker it goes 
into the microphone. It's really just a cable and it works every time and it never not works and it doesn't crash. Like it just always, it always works. So I have to have to think that through that. I could pass, I could probably use the sound, uh, the sound off the motherboard, right? And pass that through to a Windows instance. It's a great question. I know mm. splitting up stuff on the motherboard can be different can be a little bit difficult passing that through to a VM. At least that it's that way with USB devices. You have to find, you know, what groups, um, I'm forgetting the, the the name, but there's certain groups that are assigned to hardware-wise, and you get to split those. So, I mean, I'm sure it could be done. They could find a way. I'm not sure how, though. No, just the things. It's those, it's those decisions you make that have all these unintended consequences. Right. And you're like, uh, oh, crap. I didn't think all the way through that. And since I'm podcasting at home uh now i have to think okay i'm i have to support the system that i use for gallup so i gotta kind of figure out how to get that done uh, anyway so a great conversation if you got any ideas if you heard some things in there some things you want to tell me send me an email jim at the average guy.tv drop it in the comments there on youtube although it'll probably be too late on youtube uh, by the time you watch it but but um, love to have your ideas some things i kind of went through most of what I have down here in the, in the, in the studio, as far as gear goes, I am Mike kind of looking forward to just setting up a, a new, you know, I got the email from Apple today and they were like, do you want some help? <laughs> and so I think you get a free, you get some free setup calls or something that oh nice that, and, and along those lines are like, yeah, we, you know, and I was like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, before the show, I bought the final cable that I needed, the final audio or the final video cable for it. And so we're going to we're gonna run DVI. These monitors that I really like are DVI. They're a little bit older. They'll be fine for now. Maybe I'll upgrade to some something better, you know, down, down the line. But I really like these monitors. They'll go into the Mac, one via HDMI, one uh, via the Thunderbolt, Thunder, Thunderbolt port. And I've been watching tons of videos on how, how to set these things up. So... We'll see. You are we'll set. See. You are ready to go. We'll see how it goes. It comes uh, February 5th. We'll have it for a show uh, coming to you. Mike, you've been working a little bit on on trying to get your, your computers to sleep. This <laughs> yeah. has never been, like my kids, this has never been anything I've ever been good at. Like, I've, I'm not good. My PCs run all the time. I can't imagine the amount of power I waste on this. It sounds like you're trying to tackle some of that. Well, yeah. So this was an issue that I've had for a very long time, but I never had any reason to solve it. But um, when we redid this basement, what was that? Two weekends ago, right? We were in this little area over here. I found my, the power, the watt meter, right? I was like, oh, I found that thing. I had been looking for that for a long time. Well, so I plugged it in over, I point over here. That's where the plug is. And it's everything on this desk plugged in over there to that watt meter. And man, I just noticed like it's extremely high when this PC I'm on right now is running. And especially with the power settings I have on it, you know, I have it to be max, just give me all the raw power, right? Do it. You know, I got a video card in here and I've got four monitors on, on the table. And so it, it runs. And so I would notice when this thing was asleep, it was like, Oh wow, that's saving like 180 Watts, right? <laughs> Continuous. Well, so my problem had always been that this machine would wake itself up. 
and wouldn't really go to sleep. So if I never hit the actual sleep button, either in Windows or on the box, uh, it wouldn't go to sleep. And then it would wake itself up. Even if I put it to sleep, I would come down and I can always tell because it's glowing yellow when it's awake or else the box is black and it would be glowing yellow most mornings when I would come down. And so it was it was kind of driving me nuts. But like I said, I never realized, like, yeah, I don't really care. Like, it doesn't bother me. But then once you have a watt meter on there, you're like, oh, dang, like that is just throwing money down the drain all the time. Uh, so, so I, I did some, you know, basic, just research. I, I forgot, I had forgotten the command to run on the command prompt to just show, but if you guys are curious or if you're having the same issue, the, the problem I was trying to solve was, okay, what is preventing my computer from going to sleep? And it's, it's extremely simple to figure that out. Uh, run command prompt as an administrator and just do power CFG all lowercase, all one word power CFG. And this will be in the show notes as well. Space forward slash requests. And when you run that, you'll get an output showing you all the different things that have requested to keep your computer asleep or prevented sleep recently. So if I run that now, you know, I see things like I've got a lot of Google Chrome stuff open. So obviously with whatever I'm doing in Chrome right now, it's going to prevent it from going to sleep. Um, and there's some other files that are open. But if you run this when everything else is closed, like it would be, I noticed that I had two items under system and they were legacy kernel caller. I was like, great. That tells me absolutely nothing. I don't know what legacy kernel caller is, uh, but it's what's causing my issue. So I, I was like doing some Googling around and I was finding people had, there was video cards that could be legacy system caller. Uh, there was a bunch of different things that could be. This is interesting though, because it's at the exact same time that I'm also, you guys remember I asked the community for alternatives to Camtasia software because I was having issues with Camtasia. Well, turns out, the, when I got through the support system at Camtasia, they came back and they said, hey, through it, we see that you have a GoXLR plugged in and that's not a supported device. Um, try unplugging that and and see if that works. Well, for me, the GoXLR is all my audio that I use to record these screencasts. I'm like, well, it, honestly, if that is the issue in the end, I'm going to need to get a refund because I, I this is my audio input. Yes, I could do just the USB from the microphone, but that's not my workflow. Um, so if that's not going to work. So what I tried doing just as a, as a, intermediate step I was like, I wonder if I just closed the, oh, and my wife went to bed and all my lights turn off on me. Um, I wonder if I close the GoXLR app, but leave the actual mixer plugged in. I wonder, wonder what will happen. Well, so when I closed that down, closed the app and left the mod, the, the uh, mixer up, almost everything still works on the mixer. The volume works, all the inputs, outputs, those work. Um, but it, it, Camtasia was fixed. It was like, Camtasia worked perfectly. And the only thing Camtasia cared about, let me get my lights back on. This is going to drive me nuts. I got to open my, of course, I had just closed my power panel here that Jim, and luckily I installed, I did what Jim did and I have home assistant right in front of me. So I can just, it is kind of handy to have a home assistant dashboard, like right in front of you. Right there. Yeah. Yeah. Just dedicated. It's right there. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I, I had found out that not running the GoXLR app helped Camtasia. So, at the same time, I was like, hmm, I wonder if the GoXLR, it's not a video capture device, but it's an audio device. I wonder if that's what it is. Sure enough, when I close the GoXLR app, uh, the legacy kernel caller goes away and my computer goes to sleep. So my solution now is really just keep the GoXLR app closed. Now, there's a few things if you have a GoXLR, just to let you know, that don't work, like your mute buttons. Apparently, those run through the app. But as far as the sliders, and once you have it set, all the mixing around of audio 
that still works. So uh, it was it was a good alternative for me. I'm like, well, I don't need the GoXL app as long as everything still works on the mixer. So uh, if you are looking through that, the legacy kernel caller can be kind of a, a, a search, you know, it can be kind of a mystery, a little hunt around to find out what device is doing that. But at least it tells you and puts you down the right path of something that's keeping your computer asleep or keeping it awake. I had actually pulled out my Elgato HD 60 pro because i was like well hey video capture device i have one of those installed in my computer i wonder if that's the issue uh but it wasn't this so i still need to put this back in my machine now that i know that this wasn't the issue so put that back in and and there we go so i'm I'm curious why go xlr is causing that kind of issue i don't know what it is because the app can be off and the mixture still works so maybe they have some bugs to work out in their software especially with it causing issues with camtasia i thought that was interesting as well yeah well, that's a good, that's a good, it's one of those things, one of those troubleshooting problems. Like you're like, man, what is causing this? And you just got to kind of go through all the stuff. Like, and you think, no, nah, it's probably not that. No, it probably is. Yeah. If you're saying it's not that, it probably is. That's, that's the, always the way it works out for me. I've kind of learned in troubleshooting, just disconnect everything or just start one at a time, start pulling stuff, right? Yep. Just see what's causing it. So. The one at a time thing is usually my go-to method. And, you know, I, I know that USB hubs cause issues with certain devices. So I thought it was the hub. I tried a, I tried a few things before I got down to figuring it out. It was the GoXLR after all of that. Super cool. Super cool. This week, we'll wrap it with this. This week, oh, you can't see it there. Um, uh, this week, or last week, actually, I had a hard drive that I bought from from Go Hard Drives. You ever, or I guess it's Go Hard Drive, no S, goharddrive.com. You ever have you ever looked at their site? I shared yeah. shared in the Discord group a link to a a page somebody put together that has that goes out and kind of crawls all of the hard drive prices, and you can put certain um, criteria in certain sizes, new, used, whatever. Crawls Amazon, crawls eBay, crawls all these sites. Go hard drive, and this is one Kevin Schoonover has always said he likes. And so it's just like it sounds, gohardrive.com. And um, they were a couple bucks cheaper on a four terabyte drive that I picked up directly from them. Normally I do it through Amazon, but in this case, I bought it through their eBay store. I've been doing some eBay. I've been on eBay way too much. By the way, it's super dangerous. Like, yeah, eBay is super dangerous. Like, anyways, so um, it came broken. I mean, it just didn't, it wouldn't. you know, I pulled it out. It was in a new bag, a new static bag. Like it was, it looked, it looked new there. I think they're refurbs, but by the way, it was like, it was like 50 bucks for a four terabyte drive, which is a pretty good price. Right. Yeah. So I, I pinged them and said, Hey, this thing was DOA. And they immediately created an RMA and had a label, threw it on there. I mailed it off to him. It came back today. And so it didn't take, you know, mail's a little slow. Yeah. Uh, so not their fault. Um, uh, but it came back today. So pretty, pretty happy customer with it. You know, I was a little bummed. It was bad right out of the shoot, but when you're buying a refurb drive, those things kind of happen. Uh, Amazon getting from Amazon is faster, but I, I, I'm going to pay seven to $10 more that way. And when you're buying as many drives as I've been buying lately, you know, you just might want to uh, save a few bucks. So if you're, if you're interested, um, I think I put it in the, I forget which group I put it in. Uh, if you're buying hard drives and you want the link, send me an email, Jim at the average guy.tv. This site's super cool. You can just go to it and see, and they kind of rank it by price per terabyte. 
So it's kind of cool. You can kind of see, oh, okay, right now the three and four terabyte drives. Actually, three is the sweet spot. Um, four is a little bit more expensive. Eight and 10 is, you know, just kind of average. Send me an email, jim at theaverageguy.tv, and I will uh, shoot that link back to you if you want to take a look at it. Uh, a couple of reminders of some shows coming up here. Next week, Joe from the Ultimate Dashboard. We talked about Joe last week, actually, the last two weeks. Uh, Joe's going to come on. He's kind of a gadget guy, too. And so he's going to come on and talk about the Ultimate Dashboard for Home Assistant. Erin Lawrence is back the week after that uh, to come in. She's been doing some some van life stuff. And she's got a lot. She's been she's got some gadgets. Let's just, let's just put it that way. She's super popular right now. Um, John Maddox from Channels will be with us on the 18th. And uh, he's one of the three three employees of channels and one of the major developers for it. And so um, it's going to be super cool. John's a good guy. I talked to him early. And, uh, and so he's going to be on Jay Madison's join us on the 25th. And uh, you know, Jay, Jay's got some great gear. And so you're, or you're going to want to come around for that. Then Dwayne Johnson's coming back the 4th of March to update us on some, yeah, he's been doing a ton of gadget stuff. So you wanted to talk about the duo, you know, the Microsoft duo that came out. And I was like, Oh, uh, Dwayne, nobody's talking about that. <laughs> Nobody cares about that device. Uh, so, you know, it's like, uh, so you got some other stuff? So <laughs> he will. He'll have some stuff indeed. I think uh, Wi-Fi 6 is a big topic right now, and he's yeah, been doing some stuff with Wi-Fi 6. So I think we'll have him uh, on to talk about it as well. So uh, we got some guests coming. We'll still be bringing some of our own stuff. But, we, Mike, we've had a nice run since Christmas of – of kind of getting up. We had a lot of stuff going on. We know? did. You yeah. can tell this, it's a good time to get guests in though. Cause you know, it's a shorter show tonight. We were right. starting to get low on our, our own content. So good thing we got some guests to come back in and, and refuel us. It's hard to keep up with it every week. Yeah. You know, it's really hard to keep up with all that stuff every week. I built the dashboards and then I'm kind of like, well, they're built. <laughs> what do I do next? I did. And I spent, listen, I spent more money over the holidays on, gear than I spent in two years. Yeah. And you know, I was like, okay, I need to, I need to slow down a little bit. I'm having too good of a time. I need a new switch. That's the only thing that I've been waiting to buy. You know, if you guys are, I got that discount, uh, not discount. I got a great deal on a Cisco switch. It's a 48 port POE switch. Uh, the faceplate was all mangled, uh, but I got it for like 30 bucks and it worked great. Now I have to program it with Cisco language from the command line, which is not fun to do because I don't know that. I'm not a Cisco guy, uh, but I learned it enough just to get it programmed. Uh, but, you know, there's certain ports that are now only negotiating at 100 uh, megabit per second. And so some things are going on with that. And I really want the Unify switch. But, man, I just I can't justify right now when this switch is doing its job OK. There's 48 ports on it. When I find one that's negotiating only at 100, I just move it to the next port because I'm definitely not utilizing all 48. Uh, but, man, a new Unify POE 24 port. At some point, I'm going to pull the trigger on that. It's going to be great. It's going to integrate greatly with my two Unify APs I have in the house as well. Yeah. Nice. I, I do. You know, I was thinking about putting a ring um, cam in the back, but I don't want that thing going off all the time. Like I don't, you know, what could when we're out there. So I think I'm going to look for two wired cam cameras. Like RTSP ones you can pull into side yeah. out or something. Right. Right. Great idea. So I, I think I'm going to look at it. I'll mount one on a power. I've got a, I've got a pole in the back that I can mount it on. That'll get the whole backyard. And I still have to figure out where to put the one up front. But the goal will just be not so much security, 
but more just so I can see outside. Yeah, that's <laughs> right? more what mine are for. I mean, you know, uh, hopefully I never have to mm. use them for their intended purpose of security. Right. Hopefully it's right. all just me, like right now, being able to see, you know, out back and out front what's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do want to go wired. The wireless experience wasn't great in the end. You know, it was messing up what was going on with the ring cams and some other things. So I do think I'm to that point where I want to run some wire and uh, do, do power over Ethernet and uh, and run them out that way. So, Great way to do it. Um, yeah, so we might be talking cool. new switch for you sometime soon to, uh, to maybe do some PoE, at least maybe a little eight port. You know, I, I have one of those in the attic. Yeah. I have a little tiny TP-Link eight port PoE switch in my attic where all those cables run up to, and then I just run one cable down into the mm-hmm. main server. And that's how I power most of my cameras are based off just that one PoE switch up there. And those are cheap nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. I have to... Yeah, I won't. I'll just have to. Uh, you know, it won't be a lot. It'll be a camera out front, a camera out back. I don't know if I'm up there running wire. Maybe two on the sides. <laughs> well, we'll run a Sunday. We'll have some candles, you know, and, and run yeah. uh, run some cable. Like we'll it. have to do it in the spring before it gets hot up there yes, in the attic. Sure. Right? I hate summertime attic cable runs. I've done it too many times. Uh, you'd be the expert at it, though. You've run a lot more than I have. Couple a uh, couple reminders on the way out. One huge thank to our Patreon subscribers and. Brian, you see, I got you loaded in there. <laughs> You're the first one because I, I, ooh, I actually see a mistake in there. I'll have to, I'll have to fix that. Um, uh, but we appreciate our Patreon subscribers. If you want to join us on Patreon, you can do that as well. TheAverageGuy.tv/slash/Patreon. If you want to get uh, jump in and be part of the group, that just kind of helps support, helps us, you know, helps me buy some of the stuff that we do here. Uh, if you want to join the Discord Discord group, I mentioned that as well, theaverageguy.tv slash Discord. Don't forget, you can leave us a message. If you've got something crazy you like to say, I'll take just about anything. Send me a or, or call, leave a message. That's probably the better way to say it. HomeGadgetGeeks.com. So just it's easy to remember. HomeGadgetGeeks.com. There's a microphone bottom right-hand corner. Jump on there. Leave me a message. We'll play it right here on the show. We'll play it up front, too, so you don't have to wait through the whole thing to hear it. Uh, you can contact me, Jim at TheAverageGuy.tv. You can find Mike over on Twitter uh, most days uh, at Uyghur Tech. I am at Jay Collison if you want to do it that way. Uh, don't forget, if you're on YouTube right now, just click the like button down there. Could you? Uh, we'll, wait, we'll wait for you. Go ahead. I mean, you know you want to do it. So just click it. Like, it's not that hard. Go ahead. Like, I see, I see you. Go ahead. Right down. Okay, thank you. Thanks for doing that. And uh, subscribe uh, to the live page. Uh, while you're at it, so that you can get uh, notifications whenever we go live. Of course, theaverageguy.tv, both the web and media hosting powered by Maple Grove Partners, get secure, reliable, high-speed hosting from people that you know and you trust. And of course, you know that's Christian. He's going to, I think I'm recording with him on February 5th. So we got another Cyber Frontiers coming up here, I'm, I'm hoping for. Get secure, reliable, high-speed hosting, maplegrovepartners.com. We appreciate him doing all that he does to make sure that we are super safe and super secure. And then don't forget, uh, if you want to try out crypto, don't use your own money for God's sakes. Just don't head out to the app. Don't use your, I'm telling you, don't do it. The average guy. Don't do take a mortgage. Certainly for it the, or trade in your 401k. The average guy. TV slash Coinbase. Give it a try. 10 bucks uh, when you get in. And uh, then you can earn up to like forty or fifty dollars in these little these little challenges. Other uh, kind of fun. It's like playing games. Uh, come on, you're playing games on the phone. So get it done. TheAverageGuy.tv slash Coinbase. We'll be back next week, uh, same time. TheAverageGuy.tv slash Live. Uh, if you're listening live, thanks for joining us. With that, we'll say goodbye. Everybody.